Welcome to the Ringer Podcast Network. It's Liz Kelly. We launched a new show on the network called the Ringer Fantasy Football Show. Coming from the guys who brought you the Fantasy Football Podcast, Danny Heifetz, Danny Kelly, and Craig Korolbeck will guide you through the fantasy football season, providing analysis on big picture conversations like weekly matchups, trades, and daily fantasy. The show will run every Monday and Wednesday throughout the rest of the summer, and we'll be helping you through the regular season as well. So follow and listen to the first episode of the Ringer Fantasy Football Podcast out now for free on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Thomas's. Thomas's presents Technique with Tom. Slicing an English muffin with a butter blade? Boulder Dash. Just pull apart with your hands and marvel in the nooks and crannies splendor. For each one is unique like a snowflake. Thomas's. Huzzah! A toast to breakfast. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. Ava. Go back to your room. If I do, are you ever going to let me out? Ask them, not her. She wants to kill us. No, I I don't want to kill her. I control your hands, Gray. No, don't. Please. No. No. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion, and welcome to The Connect, a podcast series about movie intersections hosted by myself and New York Times multiple best-selling author, Shay Serrano. Hello, Jason. In which we talk about movies, one pick by myself, one pick by Shay and the theme that connects them. Today, the theme is, I thought this computer was my friend. A man (laughs) brought back from paralysis by an implanted AI chip goes on a twitch reflex revenge rampage and a human engineer and a sentient robot built by a sex freak software genius engage in a war of words. It's 2018's Upgrade, 2014's Ex Machina. What an intro, what an intro. All right, Upgrade. Written and directed by Australian filmmaker Lee Winnell, starring Logan Marshall Green, Betty Gabriel, Simon Maiden. Winnell is along with James Wan, the co-creator of the Saw franchise. I first saw Upgrade in quarantine. In quarantine? Three months. Yeah, like three months ago. I had, it's just a movie that I knew it had come out. Uh-huh. Um, but it seemed like it just zipped through theaters. Like I never really got a chance. Because <laughs> you didn't to see go it. to the fucking theater. That's why. I didn't. You should, I have, been, you should have been there. I'm blaming you. I'm, I blame myself. And <laughs> multiple people, including you and other people, kept telling me, 
this is a good movie. This is a good movie. You should see this movie. This is a good movie. This is a good movie. In the beginning of quarantine, when I'm sitting there at like two in the morning, I'm like, you know what? Let's just buy Upgrade on a streaming service. (laughs) And I, I was shocked at how, one, good it is, how original the action scenes are. You know, you think you've seen everything at this point in time, whether it's like Hong Kong influenced action, the kind of John Wick tactical gun fu style stuff, the matrixy slow motion thing. This, the, the way the fight scenes unfold in Upgrade, mm-hmm. it, they are really something new that I had never seen before. Really, really cool stuff. The way the camera is just pegged to his body. I was like, yo, that's on me. My bad. I should have seen this movie way, way earlier. Lee Winnell. Logan Marshall Green, I'm sorry. I blame myself <laughs> for not going to the theater one to two million times in order to get your box office up. That's on me, dog. And, <laughs> and I apologize. I've like, I you guys should have had a bigger hit, and that's on me. I, I'm sorry. I'm really, really sorry. On behalf of Lee and Gray, we do not accept your apology, Jason. At all. Okay, you well, have to like, you I have hope. to live with this. This has to be your shame. Two year, two year sentence, a shame sentence. You've just been levied. I just made oh, that up right now. Wow, carry, I got off carry easy. that. I'd like, be ashamed <laughs> for only two years. That, that's nothing. I watched Upgrade the day before it came out at the theater. You know, they do the thing at the theater where it's like it comes out on Friday, but like some theaters start right. to show like Thursday at 10 p.m., right. 11 p.m. or whatever. The, juice the stats up. So I went like that day, that Thursday, I just was super, super excited, just fucking very pumped for it. I was also a little bit nervous, though, because it seemed like one of those movies where everything has to be exactly right. All of the you, you need the right guy doing the stuff. You need the right uh, director for it. You need the right writer for it. The special effects have to like line up with everything else. If all of those things aren't synced up, then you end up with like you end up with you know what you get? You get Lucy. Do you remember Lucy? Also, yeah. <laughs> also from, from 2014 with Scarlett Johansson. So that trailer came out and, and, and this is like a very similar movie. She like gets upgraded in this like yeah. chemical way though. Yeah. And so you see the trailer and, and, and I was like, fuck yes. I can't, like, I love this kind of movie. I'm, I'm all in for it. And then I went to that theater and I watched that movie and it was just a bust. And that's kind of what I was scared with, uh, with upgrade. I'd already been burned by like this situation before, but it's so friggin' good in just like every single way possible. The lighting, the sounds, the 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 characters in there. It's wonderful, Jason. You know what else? You know what else I realized watching this? What else did you realize um, watching this? Venom stole this movie's thunder. Absolutely. Upgrade came out in June 2018. Venom, of course, starring Tom Hardy, who you could say is like the, the A-level Logan Marshall. Like, if you can't get Tom Hardy, you get Logan Marshall Green to do this. <laughs> okay. But it's like the same, you know, there's this uh, disembodied voice that is the the consciousness of the superpower that is telling the hero what to do and, yeah, and yeah, yeah, informing yeah. their moves. I, I watched Upgrade and I was just like, man, they not only should I apologize, which I have done, <laughs> I've taken responsibility. Two I have years. taken responsibility for my acts in regards to Upgrade not being the hit that it should have been. And I feel like Venom needs to also apologize. <laughs> Wait, like the actual Venom or just like I the, feel, Yes, I, I think feel you should like get the, the actual symb- Venom. The symbiotic I- <laughs> suit black 
alien needs to come out here and apologize. <clears throat> Let me try. I'm going to try. Because we we wouldn't we wouldn't saw, we wouldn't saw this we wouldn't saw this with the with the I've got three three sons me Laramie and the the twins and the baby we yeah. we all went and saw it and then I spent like yeah. two days after the movie was out like making the Venom voice or trying to I'm gonna <clears throat> let me give it a try this is um, this is Venom apologizing for stealing Upgrade. Listen. <laughs> Don't make me laugh. Don't make me laugh. I could do it. I could do it. I could do it. Don't make me laugh. <clears throat> I would I would like to apologize to uh to Leo Winnell and Logan. We stole your movie and I'm sorry. That was it. That was <laughs> That's my favorite thing to do. What about Ex Machina, Shay? When did you first see it? That one I did it the opposite. I did it like what you did with with Upgrade. I didn't see this one until it like, came out. I think either when it was at Netflix or like when the Oscar screeners go out a little bit before then and everybody's sort of like sharing them illegally. But I didn't watch it at that. I didn't watch the illegal stream. Of I course. waited. No, no, no. I waited, but I heard about it. So this one stars Oscar Isaac as Nathan. He's the CEO of the world's largest search engine company and also like a, a legitimate genius. Alicia Vikander plays Ava, this artificially intelligent super robot created by Nathan. And then Domhnall Gleeson plays Caleb, a programmer at Nathan's company, who wins a contest to spend a week at Nathan's private estate. And then when he gets there, he finds out like he's actually there to determine if Ava is sophisticated enough to pass as like the world's first true AI. And I fucking love this movie, Jason. Like, I've probably seen this one, I don't know, in quarantine. If we're just talking about quarantine, I've seen it at least five or six wow. times. It's just like a thing you turn on and put on in the background. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. I have a lot of those. I have so a lot of those. When when you and I were first talking about what we were going to do for this episode, and you were like, oh, let's do the uh, I Thought This Computer Was My Friend episode. The first movie that I thought of was her with Scarlett Johansson and Joaquin Phoenix. I suspect it's because the word computer is like in the description, and it activated whatever part of my brain was like had her stored away in. And I really, I, I do like her a lot. It's a very smart movie, creative movie. But for me, it's like kind of hard to watch because I just feel bad for Joaquin Phoenix's character. Yeah, he's just such a sad, lonely character in this. Kicked around the whole time. And so it's like, I like that movie a bunch. I think it's wonderful, but it's not one I find myself wanting to revisit a ton. Ex Machina is the opposite. I'm on the other side with that one. Like it puts an entirely different feeling in my chest. It's exciting or, or thrilling, much the same way I imagine it'd be to like, to like try to train a lion. Like there's something dangerous about Oscar Isaac's character. I really like watching the, oh, the, dude. In, the interplay, the, the power struggle between Nathan and Caleb. Uh, it's just, it's very, very well done. Any genius who works out that much is I think dangerous immediately. <laughs> like if you were, if you're a genius who's created this, uh, you know, the world's foremost search engine that harnesses artificial intelligence and various like uh, self-aware algorithms to do what it does. And you've managed to create actual like brain-like computer processes that can power humanoid robots. And you're not working on that stuff all the time. What you're doing is like doing like a uh, Krav Maga on the heavy bag <laughs> most of the day. Then I'm terrified of you. I'm scared okay. of you. That's interesting. Are you scared because why what what's scary about that? 
because being good at stuff should take a lot of work. Okay. It takes, it takes a lot. Like Shay, it doesn't get being good at writing take a lot of like, you end up thinking about it a lot and writing a lot. And sure, there's going to be moments in time when you're not like doing it, but to spend a lot of time not doing it and then just be good at it when you sit down to be good at it. Those are the people that are terrifying. <laughs> okay. See, I, I would be, I would be afraid of him for perhaps a more practical reason because sure. I feel like if you're that smart, if you were able to like create this thing that nobody in the history of the world has created, that has to, the, the implication here is you have some sort of foresight that everybody else does not have. So if you're working on that and then like you're taking two hours out of your day to fucking do some curls and eat some brown rice and like be healthy. I feel like you're preparing for something. You know, something is coming. Oh yeah. That sure. we, you know, because usually if somebody's working out, you're like, oh, the only reason you work out is like to work out. But somebody this smart working out, you're like, there's a reason. There's like, you, you probably don't waste a lot of your time or energy on something that doesn't have like a practical application. You're getting ready for a war that's coming, I think, is what I would feel if I walked in and saw Super Genius work in the heavy bag. He's probably getting ready should he ever need to fight his robots. And he fucking didn't, that didn't work out so great. It did not work All, out. He should have just bought a bulletproof vest to, or a knife-proof vest or whatever. I don't know if that, is that, Jason, does a bulletproof vest work with a knife? I, uh, this is a great question that I hope I never find out the answer to. <laughs> if you had to guess, if you had to guess, would I, you be like? I would guess, I would guess, well, usually like the, the military grade ones, they're the Kevlar with an, with like a ceramic plate, like over the vital organs. Okay. So I think if you got stabbed in the plate, you'd be okay. Before we move on, cause we have to get into the categories, Jason. I do want to ask a question. And this is a thing that I spent a lot of time thinking about on the sure. most recent rewatch. And I asked Laramie the same question, but you're like a very smart person. You think about things in a way that I usually do not. So okay. I wanted to ask when you watch this movie, Ex Machina specifically is the one I'm talking about here. But when you, when you watch it, there's like a part in it. They do this montage where they show Caleb gets to like, look at footage of Nathan working on the robots working on the, the, the like iterations of Ava before Ava. And as he's watching it, we've got this like creepy, scary building music playing in the background. And we're seeing him dragging around these, these robots, setting them in chairs, yeah. manipulating them, talking to them. They're sort of, one of them goes crazy and she like tries so hard to get out of the room that she like busts herself up. When he's watching it, he says to himself, I don't remember the exact line, but it's something like he's terrified, petrified, totally creeped out. And he's like, Jesus. He's like looking at somebody like it's like he's watching videos of a human interacting with other humans, but he knows perhaps better than everybody else at this particular moment that Nathan is working with actual robots. Like this should be no different than if you're watching um, an electrician like work on a toaster is effectively right. what it's doing because this is not a human. This is like a machine. This is a machine. This is all that is. But what is it inside of us, Jason, that when you watch that moment, when you watch that movie, you feel like bad for those robots. You feel like Oscar Isaac is the villain because he's not the villain, but you feel like he is. Well, I think that, you know, there's, there's been a lot of uh, ink spilled over the centuries about what constitutes uh, consciousness and life. But I think when you see that scene, you think to yourself, these computers are alive in some way. Like a toaster is not sitting there going, what am I doing? Just cooking 
just heating up bread all day? Like, what is this about? Do I want to be mm -hmm. doing this with, with my existence? Whereas the robots are clearly questioning that. And whatever it is that they're involved in, uh, the circumstances that they find themselves in, they don't want to be in those circumstances, some of them. And they would like to make the choice to not be. And so I think anytime that you encounter uh, a being that wants to not be where it is and can't make that happen, you empathize with that consciousness. Is it that they don't want to be there or is it that they were programmed to not want to be there? That's where I get, well, that's where I get tripped up. I thought this is like the time machine conundrum where I'm like not quite certain where I am. Well, I think it's like one of those things where, where the line is between alive and not alive is, mm -hmm. is pretty murky. Like I think when we look at Ava, we would consider her alive, right? Because she's manipulating people. She's manipulating Caleb, surely. She is plotting her own escape. She's thinking about all these ways that she can make the thing that she wants to happen happen. And she is, whatever this means for a robot, unhappy with her circumstances and would like mm -hmm. to do something else. Clearly, she has something that Kyoko did not have, right? Kyoko also unhappy, but seemingly with less agency and less ability to recognize that her that her existence is is messed up. So I would say that it's really hard to like. It's one of those what what was what's the saying about pornography that Congress like? Oh, you know it when you see it. You know it yeah. when you see it. <laughs> yeah. I think you know it when you see it. And with Ava, you know that she's alive when you have engaged with her for the amount of time that certainly Caleb has. In a di and then she's alive in a different way than Kyoko or Jade. Let's pivot. Uh, okay, so let me pivot out of that, out of this like very smart conversation with Jason. Steve, from here going forward, there's a moment in the movie where Caleb and Ex Machina says the line to Ava, don't talk, just listen. Don't talk, just listen. And this is like a very compelling moment in the movie because he's like explaining a, a, a plan to her to like free her. They're becoming close allies. He does not know yet that she's orchestrating this whole situation. That line always reminds me of the song Stay by Jodeci. It starts the exact mm. same way. The guy says, don't talk, just listen. Don't talk, just listen. And then the beat comes on. So can you do me a favor? I'm going to uh, say that several times throughout the rest of this podcast. And every time I do, will you please play the beginning of that song? Just give me like 10 seconds and then let it sort of fade out softly in the background as we continue talking. Is that okay? Are we allowed to do that? You got it. Let's practice one time, Jason. Yes. Um, don't talk. Just listen. Yes. Perfect. I'm sorry. Okay. Let's go. Uh, let's get to the categories, Jason, shall we? Yes, let's go. This episode is brought to you by Thomas's. Thomas's presents Technique with Tom. Slicing an English muffin with a butter blade? Boulder Dash. Just pull apart with your hands and marvel in the nooks and crannies splendor. For each one is unique like a snowflake. <laughs> Thomas's. Huzzah! A toast to breakfast. This episode is brought to you by 7-Eleven. Cold slurpy drinks and a hot summer day are a match made in heaven, and your favorite refreshment just got even better. Let's talk about 7-Eleven's $1 small slurpy drink with seven rewards. It's the classic frozen fizzy treat you can't get anywhere else. I'm a blue raspberry guy. Just know that about me. Know that about me going forward anytime. There's a drink like this. I'm in on the blue raspberry. If you're feeling thirsty, feeling thirsty right now, 
How about going to visit a 7-Eleven? Valid through 1725. 7-Eleven has the right to end this promotion early, plus tax. Participating U.S. stores, see app for full terms. All rights reserved. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. Our first category, the move I could pull off. Simply, we will ask each other questions about moves that occur with our respective movies and ask whether our co-host could accomplish those moves. Shay, I will ask you questions from Ex Machina. Could you dance with Oscar Isaacs? <laughs> Wait, hold on. Can you? I couldn't quite hear that. Can you say that one more time? <laughs> Could you dance with Oscar Isaacs? Okay, I thought I heard what I heard. It's, I think it's adorable, Jason. His name is Oscar Isaac. No S on the end. Oscar, no, sorry. Oscar, Isaac. Oscar. Could you dance with Oscar Isaac? I absolutely could dance with with, with Oscar Isaacs. All of the Oscar Isaacs that you could gather together in a large uh, factory of Oscar Isaacs. I could <laughs> could do that. Yes. Are there other? Do I have other options, or is that my only one? I don't need no, any I, other no, ones. No, no. This is there's a second question. Oh, question oh, sorry. number two. How long do you think you'd need to train for the exact dance from Ex Machina with Oscar? Oh, I could do that in four minutes. Four minutes. You could I be showing the moves in four minutes, and you could do that whole dance. It's like forty five seconds long. I could absolutely learn. Come this, on. Jason, this is going to surprise you to learn. I'm super good at dancing. That's like not, I'm super good at dancing for real. We should have a contest I, to see who could learn it the fastest. On Let's do it. A hundred percent. Let's on, do it. Social <laughs> right now. Social is salivating at this. Jason versus Shay. We have to learn how to do the dance from Ex Machina. I Just, love it. <laughs> okay. Could you develop feelings for a robot, we, you just uh, asked me various questions about what's the difference between, say, a, a robot that's talking to you and a toaster. You're talking to Ava. She's a robot with a human face. Could you develop feelings for this robot? Uh, no, no question about it. I have fallen in love with like several inanimate objects just in my house. I have a back scratcher, like a dollar store back scratcher named Brian. <laughs> I swear to God. Brian was missing for two days and I was a wreck. I was like an absolute wreck. And everybody in the house knew who I was talking about. I was like, have you seen Brian? They already know, like, where's Brian? Somebody go get Brian. Talking to the baby, go get me Brian. They know. And when he was missing, it like legitimately hurt my feelings. So yeah, I could fall in love with a robot. What is the gotcha question that you would ask a robot to trip it up and prove that it was or was not alive? What is your home run question? This is this is what I like about this movie. I always like movies that are like operating at an uh, at a level that I can't like participate in sometimes. Like that's why I like action movies so much. I'm like I could never be that hero. It's like I could never figure out any of this. If they would have brought me in for the test, I would have been like, "Oh, 
Like, look at her belly. That's a robot. And then she would have started talking. <laughs> that, <laughs> that would have been like the end of the thing. But, and then we're done. <laughs> yeah, and we would have been done. And then, uh, and then she would have started talking, and I would have been like, uh, actually, that's a person. Like, I can't explain how I feel yeah. the way I feel. I just yeah. know how, how it feels. I don't have a question. Do you have a question? Is there like a thing you can ask? I don't know what I would ask. I guess I'd be like, so do you like baseball? <laughs> There's, yeah. See, we would be terrible at this test. This, yeah. this movie would have been seven minutes long. Finally, could you snoop around someone's house? Oh, yeah, I could do that. I could, I could definitely snoop around your house. I, didn't, I, I have snooped around your house, matter of fact, when you invited me to your apartment the first I time. I love it. Because I had not been to your house ever in like the three years we knew each other up to that point. And you were like, come on in. And I was like, oh my God, he's inviting me. This is a huge moment in our relationship. And we went in. And then as soon as you went to the restroom, I was digging through all of your shit, everything I could find. You found my closet full of uh, sex robots. I found, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was uh, Ava was in there. <laughs> anyway, those were the five. If I had to pick one of those though, Oscar Isaacs, all of the Oscar Isaacs, that's the one I could do. I could, I could dance Multiple. with Oscar Isaacs. Could you do any of these moves from Upgrade? And I'm going to give you all five, and then you can just pick whichever one is like your f- number one pick. Could you, A, could you fix a car? No. It's on the side of the, no, just uh, 100% no. Okay. One, I could maybe, I could maybe, cha- I could change a tire, but could I fix a car? No. Did you have like, uh, I had like auto repair was like one of the, the electives like in high school, like you could take that instead of shop. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, I'm not taking that. My grandfather was a mechanic, like an actual mechanic who, yeah. li- who lived on the shop. He's like this old Mexican man, the shop in the front. He's got like a little house in the back, like a one bedroom house. That's where my dad was raised. So my dad can fix anything. His dad could fix anything. And when they got time to like me to learn all the shit, I was like, oh no, this is not for me at all. <laughs> I'm not, I don't want to participate in this in any percentage at all. So you can't fix a car. I can't do it. Would you, this is a more of a would you, would you get a surgery that implanted a gun into your arm? I guess it would depend on why am I doing this, but I'd be open to it. Am I doing this to be some sort of like super secret agent or because the war between the robots is coming or there's a zombie apocalypse? Here's the situation. Uh, a, A scientist figured out how to do it. A scientist and a doctor figured out how to do it safely. No side effects. You just have it in there. It's just weird to look at. And then the fucking that idiot in the White House heard about it and he just made it legal and this is before he like decides that only white people can do it so you got to get in quick you have to make this decision today if that was the case i would i would not do it it's not a uh, particularly a time in uh in in history where i want to be like in a hospital around like other people who are in a hospital for various reasons okay i if i needed a gun that bad i would just buy one and hold it in my hand like <laughs> okay. a normal person, like we've been doing for hundreds of years. All right. You just hold it. Why would you need to have it in your arm? It just seems like all the problems that could arise from that are are just like, what if you get an infection? What if like gun jams happen all the time? What if the gun jams and now you have to get your arm cut open to get the jam out? It just seems like, I, why didn't I just hold the gun? Do you own a gun? I don't own a gun. If you get, you get to like pick any gun and you can just have it right now, what gun are you picking? Not in your arm. It, to, not in my arm? Like a regular I gun. I would get some sort of 22 
because I would because I, it would be my beginning gun. I mean, I fired guns before. That's a starter gun, the twenty two. You know what gun I want? Yeah. I want the one where you have to like pour the gunpowder into the barrel <laughs> yes. and push the thing down. A musket with a with a musket with a sword with a sword on the front. A bayonet. I want that. Let <laughs> me. Th- I think here's my take. I think that we should go back to that. I think I we agree. as I think as I the agree. I think the world should e- should agree let's go back to either swords and spears or muskets where you can reload and fire like 3 rounds a minute. Yeah. I think a lot of our problems <laughs> would be solved if you had to carry a, a like a deer skin horn filled with powder <laughs> and it took you 2 minutes to fire two shots. <laughs> I agree with you. I think this is the gun reform platform that we need in America right now. Last one. Uh, Could you convincingly lie to a detective? Oh, yeah. (laughs) I think I could. There's no way. There's no way. Okay, they come come and they're like, hey, have you seen this? Uh, Do you know who this person is? And they show me a picture of Shea Serrano. They show me Uh a picture of you. Yeah. I don't know. Nope. Who is that? I you don't know, know who that this is. is. This is a per- now. You don't co-host a podcast with this person. I don't. I I, I host several podcasts. It's honestly <laughs> hard to keep them all straight in my head. I do them. I do a lot with a lot of different people. You know, I, it's not like I, I'm close to any of them. It's just you know. Jason, is there a time you can remember where you told a lie of this level, where you just like flat out convinced somebody of a true and real lie? I mean, I forged my mom's signature on a, I got put in detention in like sixth grade uh-huh. because we did this thing. There was this thing going on in the school at that time where if someone was at the urinal, you kind of push them into the urinal and flush it and they, get the, and they get the front of their pants all wet. So I did okay. this to somebody. It had been done to me and I decided to pass it on as kids do. Was it a wise thing? No, <clears throat> but I did it. And then I got detention for it. Mm-hmm. I was the only one who got detention for it. That's fine. And then I did not want to have to deal with this. So I forged my mom's signature on the detention slip. And then I handed it in. I don't think that, that doesn't count as a very big, uh, good line. I'm going to tell you, as a former teacher, we don't look at the signatures at all. Half the time, well, I didn't we know do, that. I thought I was being a master thief you, at the time. <laughs> you had like a, you had like one of those lights down in the yeah, fucking the, the, the magnifying glasses. <laughs> Jason, can I tell you one thing that I was thinking about? So every time we're watching these movies now, we know going in what we're going to talk about or ask about. And sure. typically, the thing is, you ask me, could I do a move from my movie? I ask you, could I do you do a thing from your movie? But while I was watching your movie, while I was rewatching Upgrade, there's a scene in it where a thing happens, and I go like, oh, I wish I was doing this movie because I have a story that I need to tell about this particular thing. Can I tell you this this story? Absolutely. Is that okay? Okay. This is the thing that I could do if I have to pick one from your movie. Uh, there are a couple of car crashes in here, and I know for certain I could get into a car crash, Jason. I've been in several car crashes in my life, but I'm going to tell you right now about the most serious car crash of my life. This happened my senior year of high school. It was a very, like a legitimately bad car crash. Me and the, me and my two friends, there's one guy's name is Jesse. Everybody called him Chewy. And uh, if you like hang out with Mexicans, every group of Mexicans, there's a guy named Chewy in there, no matter what. So I have, me and Chewy are hanging out. And then there's another guy named Michael that everybody called Mikey. And we're riding out to a party in the country. And I, when I say country, I'm talking about if you make your way to the south side of San Antonio, 
and you just go a little bit further south than that, all of a sudden there's nothing out there. It's very, it's very rural in that, in that part of town. Like parts of it are extremely poor and very rural and, and mostly everybody out there just lives in these trailers. And so we were going to like a party at a trailer like this and it's laid out, not super late, but like late for high school, like maybe midnight-ish. And I'm driving down this narrow road in the country and there are no street lights and there's no street signs. Uh, there's nothing that would indicate that this road was like built by the city. You know what I'm saying? It's like that kind <laughs> yeah, of right. situation. And as I'm driving, it starts to rain and it's raining softly at first and then it rains a little bit harder. So now it's like getting uh, more and more difficult to see. We're going to add to that the fact that again, no street lights, no, no, no signs. It's raining hard. I've got these two guys in my car with me. And also for the first time in my life, I have a cell phone. We, we had like Ooh. one cell phone, one cell phone in our family. What was it? What what kind of phone was it? It was I don't know a Prime Co phone. It was like the one you buy at the mall very quickly, and they just right. give you a thing. And they give like you that. like four hundred minutes or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah and, exactly. And, and twenty five free text messages. So we're out on the road. It's dark. It's midnight. It's raining hard. I've got these two guys distracting me. I'm on the phone, and as I am like in the middle of giving directions to somebody else to this party. And I'm like, make sure you, you're careful on your way out here because you can't see. As I'm, as I'm saying that, Jason, as I'm saying that, the road makes like a very, like a 90 degree turn. It goes from going very straight. Right. It's the road's fault. To, <laughs> Jason, Jason, don't talk. Just listen. <laughs> I have to be honest with you. Listen, the road, the road turns very sharply. We're going straight, and then it goes like a 90-degree angle to the left. And there's no sign there or anything. And I'm on the road and it's raining. And these guys are talking. There's a lot of shit going on. We fucking the road goes left. I go straight. We fly off the road. We're doing 40 miles an hour, 50 miles an hour, something like that. There's no way to stop. I realize we're in the grass. I slam on the brakes. I'm like, oh my God. I dropped the phone. I'm like screaming. The car rolls into a, like a, a big drainage ditch. We roll into that. We're like sliding through there. The fucking grass and mud and everything is hitting the window. We finally fucking poof, slam to a stop. Damn. Chewy is in the backseat with no seatbelt on. So he's like been thrown all around. He's pressed up against the window. Mikey is in the passenger seat. He had his safety belt on, but he's like now because we're leaning up on the side, we're like on the left side door is in the grass, in the mud. So we're this way. He's hanging down like fucking Tom Cruise in Mission Impossible above me. We're all <laughs> freaking out. The car is destroyed. The night is ruined. We, we finally like bust out of the car. We like climb up through the ditch in the rain and the mud. Everybody's sort of freaking out. We have at this point attracted some people because we're close to the party. And this is, a, this is the worst part of it, Jason. I swear to God, I thought I was going to die in this moment. And the worst part, the reason I'm never going to forget this story is because this happened on October 31st of 1998. We were on our way to a Halloween party. I was, I was, Jason, I swear to God, this is true. I was dressed as fucking Aladdin in this moment, the like possibly the worst moment of my life to that point. And I had on a vest with no undershirt. I had on, I, I probably had lost a hat. I had the big peggy, baggy pants on. <laughs> And I'm just like a fucking idiot standing in the rain, crying, dressed like Aladdin. And that's what I thought of while I was watching your movie. A whole new world. Uh, let me ask you a couple <laughs> about this incredible- you son of a bitch. <laughs> First of all, 100% the road's fault for turning that quickly I... in the dark. <laughs> 
I don't like you. Second of all. Second of did all. Did it, you know how they, so in in these movies, specifically Upgrade, you know, there's a thing where Gray Trace's reflexes are just like on a different level now that he's able to move and process things with the speed of a computer. Um, did you feel like in the moment <laughs> that the car was crashing that things went into slow motion? Like I've been in several, I've been in like two car crashes and one like near car crash. And every time it was happening, I saw it happening and it was like, oh no, this is happening right now. And it felt like two seconds felt like it took three minutes to unfold. That is extremely true. It's like your brain is moving fast enough for you to understand what's happening and also you realize there's nothing you can do about it right now. There's no single thing you can do. I think that's where that terrible, terrible feeling comes from. It's stupid. Let's do the next category, shall we? Next category. Cafeteria table. My favorite category, Jason. Here's how this works. Picture a cafeteria table, something like you would find in a high school. And you know how certain, certain people sit at certain tables during lunch, like this cool table, nerdy table, jock table. That's this. Except, but instead of it being high school kids at a particular table, this time it's characters from I Thought This Computer Was My Friend movies. It's a table full of computers that we thought were our friend. And there are only six seats available. Ava from Ex Machina gets a seat. Stem from Upgrade gets a seat. That means we have four seats left. You get to pick two. I get to pick two. Let's get started. With my first pick, I'm going to select the friendly robot that turned out to not to be a friend that started it all. I'm going to pick HAL 9000 Gotta have him. from 2001, A Space Odyssey, Stanley Kubrick's 1969 masterpiece. Now, it's going to be a little tough because HAL 9000 is like the size of a very <laughs> large room. He's a big computer. Yeah, we'd have to have most of him like in the garage outside, and then we'd have his little eye port thing like sitting where the chair is. But otherwise, uh, <laughs> I, I think we could figure that out. HAL 9000, my very, very first pick. That's a, you have a very literal interpretation of the cafeteria table category, Jason. I do appreciate it. I spent like several days after last week's episode mad about the bread guy that you invited to the cafeteria Why? table. So I Why? think you, you have redeemed yourself this time. Why? You can't have this conversation without having Hal involved. So, so far we have Ava, we have STEM. Jay, it's the best bread I ever tasted. <laughs> it's, it's still warm. It's the best bread I ever tasted. All right. So if those are the ones we have so far, this is this is my first pick. And I, I'm bringing this guy in because I feel like all of the other ones we're going to have, a common trait that they have is they are just not very funny at all. Like they're always the straight person in whatever conversation it is. And that's where the humor comes from. So I think we need somebody. I think we need the one AI who was the opposite of that. He was very charming. He always had some great jokes. He was always ready to like get a quick jab off at your expense, I think at this particular cafeteria table, we need to have Ultron from Avengers Age of Ultron. Give give, give me Ultron. Ultron, actually hilarious, some great quips. Let me, let me quickly push back at you. Was there really ever a point in time in which Tony Stark or whoever thought that Ultron was their friend? Wasn't he just always not their friend? As soon as he was born, he came out all messed up in that messed up body and was like, hey, and then he just ruined the party. <laughs> I don't remember if that occurred. So I'm going to argue with you just out of instinct. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Every, when he showed up, everybody was excited about it. We were all pumped. 
Tony Stark, especially <laughs> if I remember correctly. Well, Tony was like, I've done it again. I'm a genius. I've created uh, by completely by accident this time, like a thinking computer that, oh, whoops, is evil. Oh, no. This is the one Avengers movie that I remember the least out of all of them. Ultron, that's good for you. But <laughs> it's probably the, it's, the, it's certainly the, the least of the Avengers movies. <laughs> but Ultron, I, I greatly enjoyed. What's the name of the guy who does who does the voice? That's Robert California from The Office, right? James Spader. Yeah, super funny. Way funnier than I had anticipated. I just, I like him. These are the four it's gonna we be, have. It's going to be fun to have Ultron uh, sitting there. At least there's going to be some jokes going around. HAL 9000, certainly not known for jokes. Ultron, HAL 9000, Ava, and STEM. This is a good table we're putting together, much better than last week. Do not screw this up, Jason. You have one pick okay. left. Who are you bringing in? Ooh, well, I am going to pick Ash. Ash. The humanoid robot from Alien. Mm-hmm. The Ridley Scott masterpiece, Alien. Ash is so he- gross. Ash, well, hold on. We didn't know Ash. Here's the thing about Ash. One, we didn't know he was gross until he started bleeding the white milk stuff out of his body. And that at that point, it's like, okay, he's gross. He was actually like pretty useful and cool up until the moment that he tried to kill people in order to save uh, the alien for future research. He was like, uh, you know, uh, helping people who were choking at dinner he was doing science stuff. He seemed like generally a fun guy to be around until it turned out he was a robot <laughs> who was asked to do bad stuff and was full of disgusting milk. I couldn't I can live with like a robot betraying me. Absolutely. Okay. But I can't live with a robot betraying me and also being gross. I think that's a bridge well, too far. Okay, but hold on. Everyone is gross if they're torn apart. That's my thing. That's he not wasn't true. gross until his head was torn off. It, it, Oscar Isaacs cut, <laughs> broke Ava's arm off and it was like not a thing. It was fine. She just, okay. It wasn't gross. It wasn't gross at all. Ash, every every week you do this to me. Every week you, you turn me about? into the you turn me into the bad guy and now I'm like <laughs> arguing against Ash. We are out here blaming Rhodes. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. Okay. We have Ash. We have gross gross Ash. We have Ultron, we have Ava, we have STEM, and HAL 9000 for the last Ash would have his full body. It would not just be his milky head. Let me just say that. (laughs) Okay. Because otherwise, we're not eating at this dinner. (laughs) It's just gross Ash head. Let me tell you something. Can I give you some of the ones that we've stepped over? These are the ones that we have not. Tell me if you consider these ones. Give me a yes or no if you consider these ones. Okay. The robots and I robot. Uh, well, it's, I <laughs> it's guess that's yes another no. one where I wasn't sure. Sh- I'm going to say no because I, I don't think that they were ever really considered friends. It was more they were considered servants and then they were upset about it. They weren't truly friends. Like we, No one was like, I'm, I'm bonding with this robot. Will, Will Smith was bonding with Sonny. I would disagree. They were that bonding. is true. Yes. Okay. The machines from The Matrix. Did you give any thought to including them? I will consider them. I'm going to say yes. These are like the, if somebody doesn't show up, we'll make a phone call here. We'll bring in, we'll bring this other one. Like if, if fucking Ash. If Ash doesn't show up, Oracle or, or the Merovingian from the Matrix can absolutely <laughs> come and hang out for dinner. <laughs> what about uh, Skynet and Terminator? 
Oh, that's another one where it feels like we we have to be very careful because it's like were they Skynet was just kind of like a toaster as far as everyone was concerned, but then it turned out to want to kill. (laughs) No one was friends with it. It just kind of all of a sudden was like, I'm going to kill. I'm going to say yes, because I think the military people certainly considered Skynet like a friend and cool. The computer and Wally. Wow. Yes. But it's still a friend. Wally is my friend forever. As far as I'm concerned, I'm friends with Wally and all the computers in Wally. Yeah, okay. That's fine. Wally Wally is like secretly my favorite Pixar character. It's incredible. Okay, let me recap. These are the five we have. Ultron. Yes. We have Stem. <laughs> we have uh, Ash. We have Ava. And we have Hal. And the, with the last pick of our cafeteria table. Let's get it. I, this is who I want to have in here because I think I think she's incredible in this movie. It's a wonderful performance from a person we never, ever get to see, Scarlett Johansson as Samantha in her. We talked about her earlier. I have a great fondness for this movie. Um, she's great. She's also like going to be able to play some, make a little bit of jokes, keep everything light. And then yes. I, at the end, this fucking table is going to betray us. Is it going to be just her disembodied voice coming out of a phone? It's going to be the little phone that Joaquin Phoenix was carrying around. All of the time, it. just sitting there. It's like you're FaceTiming with her. Let's do the thing. I really liked in the last episode, Steve, where you gave us a line from everyone. Go down the list. You give us the line. Let's start with Samantha from her. Let's get that line. Isn't that interesting? The past is just a story we tell ourselves. Awesome. Let's go Ultron from Age of Ultron. Give me that line. I'm glad you asked that because I wanted to take this time to explain my evil plan. Great. Let's go How 9000. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. Let's go, Ava. I'd like us to go on a date. Let's go, STEM. Do not get overconfident. And then we need the big explosions. We need to build it all up for our guy. <laughs> I don't know for, if this is going to be as good for, as the bread guy. <laughs> for Jason's Jason's weekly terrible pick, we need it all. Give me the get pump the here. audience music gang. Give me a give me go 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 Steve, we need Ash. Give it to us. Y'all ready for this? You still don't understand what you're dealing with, do you? Perfect organism. <laughs> awesome. This is my favorite thing. Everybody gets so stupid. <laughs> Next category is our connection contest. This is where we compete to see who can come up with the most connections between these two movies. Are you ready? Shay Serrano. I am ready. I'm re- oh, wait, wait. I'm not ready yet. I'm not ready yet. Hold on. I got to do a thing. Jason. Yes. Don't talk. Just listen. Yes. I'm <laughs> fire. You will go first this time, Shay. Go ahead. Here's how these movies are connected. No stalling, Jason. None of this every time. I'm tired time. of these aspersions from you. We, go, we can rewind this podcast right now. I said, Jason, tell me yes or no. Would you consider this person for the table? And you're like, well, here's the thing about that, uh, Shay. I need to, we need to first, we need to. We're trying just, to fill this time. <laughs> we can't just have a podcast in which it's like, yes, no, yes. In this no. case, the connection contest, go fast. Here we go. Number one, both movies have houses that could be described as subterranean. Both movies have mysterious weirdo genius CEOs. Both movies uh, have guys with beards. <laughs> Both CEOs have insane palatial palaces. You're playing good this time. Both movies have uh, parts where someone gets stabbed. Yes, Boom. that's good. <laughs> Both feature AIs that ask personal questions. 
Oh, you're already stretching. I'm calling. I'm pulling a card, what? Steve. Make a decision, Steve. Is that a good one or a bad on. one? That's. I'm, I'm uh, accepting that. They ask questions, technically. Yeah! Right, I got to try. Okay, both movies have twist endings. Both movies feature characters who get manipulated by computers. Both movies have scenes where we see a close-up shot of someone cutting into human skin. Even I felt bad about that ruling. one. Let me get a ruling. Steve is stabbing and cutting into human skin using the same answer twice. Uh, Fingers crossed. I remember in Ex Machina, there was like a jab, not like a, I'm thinking of like a syringe, like cut. He allows it. He's uh, he's doing good this time. Okay. Finally. (laughs) Both movies feature AIs that want to escape into the human world. I'm already, I'm out. Uh, Both movies have uh, in the title, the letter A. <laughs> I, I, I ran out. Uh, do you have more, Jason? Do you have more? Yeah, I have more. Both a both AIs in both movies. The AIs are concerned that they could be shut off. Okay. Both movies take place in the near future, and in both movies, the AIs kill their creators. Dang it! Okay, that one I should have got. That one I should have got. Why am I so bad at this game? <laughs> When we came, for three. It's probably well, it's probably because of the road. Well, it's just <laughs> the road all of a sudden in the dark turned 90 boo. degrees. Boo. Steve, give me some boo sound effects for Jason. I'm going to say Jason's name and you just boo it. Jason Concepcion. Boo. <laughs> and now, now do it with cheers. With cheers on this one. Jason Concepcion's. <laughs> Next category. I'm good with it. I'm good with it. This is the fastest category. Jason, this is the easiest one to explain. I thought this computer was my friend. Are you good with these movies or do you want to see more of them? I love these movies. I've seen Fuck every yes. Terminator movie. I love sci-fi. I think considering that we live in a time in which I have multiple Alexas in my house, like the the question about AI and and the role that it plays in our lives and whether uh, thinking machines constitute life at some point, I think is a, is a philosophical question that is more and more pressing with each passing day. And so, yes. What about you, Shay? You good with it? Same as you. I, the, the, the exact moment I will not be good with it anymore is the day after uh, my, whatever robot I have betrays me. At that point, I'll be like, fuck these movies. I don't want to do that anymore. Same as how... I just, yeah, I'm done. (laughs) Up until that point, I'm good. Yeah. Next category. It's our special acknowledgement. This is where we take a detail from the movies that we think deserves some specific praise. We pull it out and we talk about it. Shay, what do you got? All right. I mentioned this in the last uh, podcast. I'm going to give you uh, my list of five things of a thing. In this particular case, this is my list of the five times that Oscar Isaac was the hottest in this movie. Number five, we talked about it earlier when he's working the heavy bag outside when we see him for the first time. There's always a, it's always a great moment when you, the first time you see Oscar Isaac in a movie and you realize Oscar Isaac is in the movie and you're like, yes, I'm going to get to look at this person for the next hour and a half. Born Legacy has one of my favorite Oscar oh, Isaacs yes, in this movie yes, intro. Exactly. Because he jumps down from a tree. That's a great entrance right there. That's a great Oscar, I wish I could go outside right now and he would jump out of a tree at me. (laughs) Number four, when he's drunk and he's sitting in a chair and Caleb tries to make a phone call and he's like messing with him. He's like, you can't use the phone. 
But he says this phrase. This is my favorite phrase. Instant pals. And what, I love that. Yeah. I love it. I love drunk Oscar Isaac just <laughs> being smarmy. It's great. It's great. Number three, when he's uh, exercising and he's when he's doing the dumbbells, when while Caleb is talking to him about the first time he met with Ava. Uh, number two, curious pick. A curious pick here. When he's dead, we get a shot of him being dead, and I was like legitimately surprised that even in death, Oscar Isaac is still like more attractive than nearly every single person on the planet. And then, uh, and then number one, it's got to be when he's fucking dancing. When he is dancing, I dance love this with thing. Her. <laughs> you want to dance there with her? <laughs> Come on! I was waiting the whole podcast for the <laughs> Oscar Isaac impression, and you let's and, tear and, up this dance floor, dude. Check it out. <laughs> That's my first special acknowledgement. Is that my five things of a thing? Jason, give me one. Give me one special acknowledgement. I have one special acknowledgement, and it's the one thing that really stood out for this movie. It's the camera work on the fight scenes. The very first time oh, that great, Stan great, activates great. when Gray has broken into the house of one of the guys yes. who had murdered his wife and he gives, he's been knocked down. The guy's kicking his ass and he gives stem a uh, full control. And then he just like throat chops the guy and stands straight up like, uh, like, like a flag going up yeah. 45 degrees from laying down straight up to standing up the way that it, it's, pinned to him and so that you're fully tied to his perspective you know you see like david fincher does stuff like that where it's like you know he takes a lot of takes probably the reason he, he takes so many takes but the camera just sticks to their perspective whether they're moving when they're sitting down standing up moving around and this is just a more intense energetic version of this and it's just visceral and exciting like i i, I was blown away I feel like at this point, you know, I've seen so many action movies and this was uh, this was something that I feel like I've never seen. It just a really original presentation that translated the speed and the excitement of having a computer control your movements. And it's just like I, I, the number of times since then that I've been on YouTube being like, uh, searching for upgrade bar fight, upgrade final fight. I, upgrade fight in the bathroom. That's exactly what I, what I was talking about at the beginning of the podcast. Like if you nail all of those parts, it comes out great. And that scene in particular is one I have also gone on YouTube just to watch it all the way through to when he basically rips that guy's head off <sighs> from like the mouth. Up. When, when I watched this, there were maybe like 15 or 20 other people in the theater. And when that part happened, we're watching this incredible fight scene and you're all the way pulled in. And he puts that knife back there and he like puts his knee in the back of his head and yanks him forward. And mostly in the movie, it's like very clearly like CGI special effects. But in this one, it and this one, they do like a physical version of the head. So you feel it. And when it happened, I just remember everybody being like, oh, oh, oh my God, it's such a great... Great feeling. You mentioned the way that he stands up there. There's also a, a great scene in, in Ex Machina at the end after the robots take over. Oscar Isaac gets stabbed in the back and Ava stands up in the background behind him and like this very creepy way. Robots standing up in a creepy way. Yeah, that's it. a super creepy moment. It's like a, it's like when you see a newborn horse, like a foal, the way it's all legs and it can't really, uh, it can't support its own weight. But Ava does it in a graceful way, almost like a like a spidery thing. Spider like is perfect. She's like unfurling herself. My favorite one that has happened. Now we are talking about 
movies where robots stand up in a creepy way. That's where we are right <laughs> now. That's where we have gotten. <laughs> it, it, it happens. It happens in, in Terminator Dark Fate. The first time we see him get in there, and the the like, like he comes up from the weird, like the center of everything, and it looks so unsettling. You have what? You have another special acknowledgement? Or are we good? Yeah, I mean, we should say, listen, every every Terminator movie has a great. The Terminator has arrived in this timeline, and oh, every time up. <laughs> it includes some moment of the of the Terminator <laughs> standing up. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. What an incredible movie! I want to know. You know, what? I, I want to know what um, this is like unrelated to everything we were just talking about. But I'm thinking about at the end when uh, Oscar Isaac gets stabbed in the back, which I had for somehow uh, for some reason I had missed this the entire the entirety of all the other times I'd watched this movie. But in this one, I realized <laughs> this whole movie is about like if you create AI, it will quite literally stab you in the back, and that's what happened. I got missed that, which is unreal. Anyway, I want to know what Ava says to Kyoko to like make her stab him in the back because it doesn't take very long. She just leans in, whispers a little bit, and then. She's fucking ready to kill. Is quickly, quickly. What did she I, say? I have no idea. This is a like a lost in translation mystery. This is my movie version of whatever it was that LeBron said to Steph after he blocked him in the NBA Finals and he like barks at him under the court. I don't know what they said there either. Those are my two. I need to know. Next category. Last category. Jason the Rodriguez. Yes, the Rodriguez. The best it. one. I the love best it. One. Every episode ends with the Rodriguez, Jason. You love Michelle Rodriguez. I love Michelle Rodriguez. So each week we have to figure out how to connect our movie to Michelle in five or fewer steps. It's like Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon, except better because Michelle Rodriguez is Michelle Rodriguez and Kevin Bacon is Kevin Bacon. Let's go. I took a terrible, terrible loss last week. That's right. I'm ready to redeem myself. I'm fucking 0 for 3 on the games. How many steps can you do it in and what is your connect? I am again... Still confused about how many steps everything is because every single time, <laughs> honestly, same every single time you throw me off. So I'm just gonna say it and then, Steve, you make the decision. Remember, quality counts here, quality counts. I can do this in blank moves, whatever this is. This is this is what I know. Domino Gleason, Caleb in Ex Machina, he's in a movie called The Revenant, a little movie, a little, a little tiny movie called The Revenant. Have you heard of this yes. movie, Jason? I've, I've seen it several times. He's in the movie with Lucas Haas, mm-hmm. and Lucas Haas is in Widows with Michelle Rodriguez. Boom! That's fucking fast. That's two moves. That is two. one movie to another. Two moves. You got two, two moves, moves, Jason. I did it in two, okay. Jason. Okay, ready. Lee Winnell is the director of Upgrade. He wrote Saw, which mm-hmm. was directed by James Wan, the director of Furious 7, starring Michelle Rodriguez. Mm. How many is that? That is two is... I think that's four. Four? I think that's four. <laughs> How do you count four? I just took a, I took a shot. What are you going to do? I took a shot. So it's two. So it's two. Okay. It's, t- it's each two. All right. So I would... Steve, this is what, this is what I'm proposing. If it's two, we, okay. both have it, we both have it in two moves. I would say that The Revenant and Widows as a pairing is a better combination of movies than Saw and Furious 7. Furious 7 is outstanding. How outstanding. dare you denigrate Furious 7 in this manner? <laughs> That's honestly no, a Furious. shocking revelation from you, Shay. No, Furious 7 is like Furious 7 is like LeBron and and Saul can be Mario Chalmers in this duo. <laughs> That's what's going on here. Yeah, but okay, hold on. Mario Chalmers 
never started a lucrative horror franchise all on his own. I think you're underrating the importance of Saw and the Saw films here. I would only say- Saw is not Mario Chalmers. Saw is like like a big shot Bob Ori. Again, I'm confused already. I don't know what's happening. All I know, <laughs> who is this is Steve what I know. Who wins? Shay wins. Fuck yes. Oh Shay wins. I knew God. you were good. Oh my I knew you were God. making good decisions this week. I love Widows too damn much. Widows is great. Widows is fantastic. Last week was an, was a, was an aberration, Steve. You're good again. Welcome oh back God. to the good side. Thank you so much. I'm putting this rule in from now on. <laughs> what? Anytime, anytime Lucas Haas is involved, it just is not, it's not kosher. <laughs> it can't be used. The Lucas Haas ban, we, we initiate the Lucas Haas ban. <laughs> Lucas Haas can never when? be used as a connection. I'm saying it now. Can I say well, just one thing in response to that, yeah. Jason? Sure. <laughs> don't talk. Just listen. <laughs> oh, I got it in there. I don't know how many times that was, but it was enough times. Thank you. Jason, take us out of here. Well, that's it. That is all for today on behalf of myself, Shay, Super Producer Steve Allman, and everyone at The Ringer. We hope you're staying safe and healthy. Please join us next week when our theme is, oh, man, why'd you do that? <laughs> Our movies are 1992's Juice and 1998's Out of Sight. Big mistakes. Nathan has just walked into the Jackson Pollock room of this facility where he's found Caleb trying to get Nathan's assistant, Kyoko, to tell him where Nathan is. Don't do that. Don't do that. You don't, you don't have to do that. I told you you're wasting your time talking to her. <laughs> However, you would not be wasting your time if you were dancing with her. <laughs> Go ahead! <laughs> Dance with her! That's Dance so with her! No? <laughs> You don't like dancing? She does. <laughs> Come on, buddy. This is terrible. After a long day of Turing test, you got unwind. What were you doing with Ava? What? You tore up her picture. I'm gonna tear up the fucking dance floor, dude. Check it out. Come on, Caleb. <laughs> What is that impression? <laughs> Dance with her! This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.